The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. everyone to perched on the top rope it's me it's me i am your host former dirt sheet writer lee walker and i am joined by perched gamings and video editor youtube guru alex todd followed by vlogger and perched's very own justin larger toe he's also the perched correspondent you can find him anywhere and everywhere in the tri-state area going to AEW, Impact Wrestling, WWE, and freshly added to the list, New Japan Pro Wrestling. That is still fucking surreal to say, by the way. Dude, that's so crazy that you have like a show for every major corporation lined up. I brought I brought it up in my my events tab in Ticketmaster. Literally every single company is represented in some shape or form, and it's all within like a short period of time too, isn't it? Two months. You're wild. So while we are on that topic, real quick, guys. Uh, so fans know we have a working relationship with Impact Wrestling. I will be going up to Albany, New York as we will be interviewing Heath and Jordan Grace of Impact Wrestling to help promote Bound for Glory, which Justin and I will be there front and center. Bound for Glory, you'll catch us at the second row. So we'll have another vlog episode coming out real soon for that. Absolutely. I got to ask, are you guys excited to see Frankie Kazarian get another shot at the X Division Championship? I mean, we saw the Dark a few weeks ago. Yeah, I just mean, I like, I feel like it's surreal to see that Frankie Kazarian is in a Bound for Glory match again in 2022, no less for the X Division Championship after like watching the beginning of his career in TNA. Not for me. I see that fucking guy on Impact more than I do AEW nowadays. Man, that's fair. Man, Justin is not excited as I am. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just excited for it in general. Uh, I've I've been to Alex, you know this. I've been to WWE pay-per-views, house shows, uh, now a bunch of AEW shows. I mean, you literally get to be on three shows in one when you go to an AEW show. Right. Uh, I've never had impact aside from uh, like a joint pay-per-view, Alex, that uh, was with Excite Wrestling. But yep. this is going to be my first full-blown impact wrestling on their own which is going to be really exciting and it's bound for glory it's you know what you know their best pay-per-view it's their their it's like their wrestlemania i'm i'm just pumped for it so um i feel like and i'm excited for you guys to go i always just wish i had had one chance to see a tna show live in the actual tna impact zone in orlando just because the set that they had 
was one of the more unique sets I've ever seen in wrestling. And it would have been so cool to see the six sided ring live. And like, it's cool, obviously knowing you guys are going from a nostalgia standpoint, just cause I've followed that company for so long, but man, I wish I had gotten to see TNA live in the original arena. I agree with you, man. I was watching actually a old episode of impact from like 2008 last week and just seeing the two tunnels on each side of the, of the impact zone, which mm-hmm. is funny. wow. It's been it so long. cool. And you know, you know that Impact definitely stands the test for time because even major companies like AEW now have taken little bits and pieces of their entrance in their arena and their stage arena from the stuff that TNA used to do. Oh yeah, you can tell it's pretty close when you like really look at it. It's nice to see that some things live on. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I could have been there. The 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 ring the setup it was a great great atmosphere that they had too i'm excited for it you know but i i i'm with you i wish i could have been there for an old school tna and you know who knows maybe through uh you know the oculus they can figure out a way to like go back where you can actually be like point of view like you Mm -hmm. were actually there in the audience type deal I'm sure that's going to happen at some All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that if they ever do another throwback show and they actually use the old arena, I don't care where it is, we're all going. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Although now just like brought up like a great idea in my head, you know, imagine being able to through virtual reality, like the Oculus, Mm -hmm. be able to sit from a fan perspective watching Hulk Hogan body slam Andre the Giant and wrestle. Oh my God. Like you're saying like you were live, like you were there. Yeah, back like then. you were there. Like they have it. So like you were actually there watching it. And like when you look around, that's what you're you're there. That's pay attention. Magic. Pay attention, WWE. Take notes. This is a good idea and it would make like you money. How how epic would that be? It'd be so dope. I would do it. I'd pay for it. Yeah. That that would that yeah, that'd be like a life-changing experience for any wrestling fan. Agreed. And you know what? Speaking of life-changing for wrestling fans, uh, we're used to wrestlers uh, getting injured, and for the most part, some injuries so severe they don't return. And we've seen this time and time again. A great example was I actually just saw the photos uh, of D'Lo Brown with draws, dropping him with the power bomb, and it was just it, very, very cringe-worthy to say the least. Like seeing the photos. Are you saying you want to use the Oculus and go back in time and watch that live? No, I'm no. <laughs> I mean, it was at a house show. I don't know if WWF then was taping that but i saw like fan photos and it was really creepy to to see but i'm referring to Paige. oh i'm sorry i'm sorry that is her wwe name she's all elite soraya is in w-a-w guys let's be honest that fucking roar of the crowd was awesome. 
Uh, I can tell you firsthand, it was fucking insane in that. And I was, I was just about to get to that. So we're going to let the perched correspondent, the vlogger, YouTube.com, uh, in Justin We Trust. You can also watch the vlogs on YouTube.com slash perched on the top rope, the ones I'm with him. Take it away, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. So I was in attendance at Grand Slam the other night. They taped Dynamite and Rampage as the usual AEW show. Lee, you would have been happy at this show because there were only two matches on AEW Dark Elevation. So you didn't get that much. But uh, starting with Dynamite, kicked off very strong. Honestly, the whole Dynamite episode was very strong. A lot of great in-ring action. Uh, Jericho defeating Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor world title. I said prior to that, I could have saw that coming. Just with the sports entertainer gimmick that Chris Jericho has, I could see him taking that title and, you know, Oh, apparently Lee's not a fan of that. <laughs> I could see him taking that title and using it to his character. Like the sports entertainer, the sports entertainer has the world championship that represents wrestling and honor in wrestling. And he's going to stomp it into the fucking dirt, you know, but I'm down with Jericho for the ring of honor title. That's still surreal to say, honestly, coming out of my mouth and coming out of everyone else's mouth. But we had the great moment with the acclaimed defeating Swerve in our glory to win the AEW World Tag Team titles. Like, like I just said with Soraya and her debut, everyone went fucking nuts in this place. Confetti, the acclaim was fucking over in Arthur Ashe Stadium this past Wednesday. And, you know, I was a little scared when I saw Max Caster selling the knee in that tag match because uh, now is not the time to get injured. But, uh, it seems like he's okay. I haven't heard anything else about it, but another great thing on the show. We had Orange Cassidy and Pack. This was pretty good. I don't think it was as good as their first match at Revolution, but Pack used the hammer to the ring bell to obtain the win and defeat Orange Cassidy. The weakest match on the show was the women's title match, I'll be honest. Uh, Britt Baker may have broken her fucking nose in this match somehow. and Again. Yeah, again. And, you know, the, the finish came out of nowhere. I don't know how it came off on TV, but in the building, it was just fucking out of nowhere. Uh, then we had Soraya afterwards came out. I would imagine, um, we'll get into it in a bit about her, but I would imagine her first match will be against Britt Baker, possibly at full gear. And if they don't have anything for, for Tony Storm, maybe a six-woman tag with everyone involved in this segment. And the main event, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, world title. John Moxley, now a three-time world champion in AEW. Now, a lot of people were expecting MJF to cash in that chip. He did not. As soon as we saw him in the skybox, we knew it was out of the question. And I would imagine the main event for full gear will be John Moxley and MJF. You know, other than that, we had Rampage. Honestly, I don't know what you guys thought or if you've, you've seen Rampage yet, but best match on the show was Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix. I oh, really dude, it was so good. Um, yeah. You know, I know we I know we say a lot of stuff about Rampage and how they've gone down and whatnot, but I think this was one of the better Rampage episodes that they've had in a long time. Definitely. And I was expecting that going in. It, we'll get into this one too later, but to see fucking the great Muda live for the first time was awesome. The place went nuts. 
to see Sting wrestle live for the first time was awesome. And you know, you had a little bit of a little bit more stuff in on Rampage. You had Action Bronson and Hook. You knew they were gonna defeat uh Cool Hand Ange and Daddy Magic. Uh the Battle Royal. Let me tell you something about this golden ticket battle royal. We had no clue who the fuck was in this match. We knew who was in this as soon as people got eliminated in the building. Other than that, I was like, okay, there's Hangman, there's Lance Archer, there's uh John Silver, there's this person, there's Dalton Castle. We had no fucking clue who was in this match as the match was going on. But Hangman won. He'll challenge John Moxley at the Tuesday night dynamite. And I'm not sure the exact date on that. I know it's like middle of October, but that's yeah. Cincinnati, Ohio. So it's John Moxley's homecoming. Yeah, you think they're going to have him lose that? Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, let me tell you something about this, too. We got out of the building at 1240 in the morning. As soon as Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs had ended, because it was the lights out match, the main event of Rampage. It, I, I look. I'm not saying I regret it. I don't regret getting home at four o'clock in the morning that night. I thought the show was fucking awesome, and I'll say it right here. You guys know how many shows I've been to in my life. This, from top to bottom, was one of my favorite shows I've ever been to, no doubt. Damn, very nice. Yeah, AEW going up there, trying to get up in the ranks of Justin's uh, show attendances. I gotta have standards, you know. <laughs> yeah just like your figures yes absolutely just like your figures but uh no nah, you're you're absolutely right dynamite was a great show and uh they obviously bumped it up for rampage like they they stepped it up hands down uh now we've learned that muda will be having a retirement match and Sting is going to be involved in some sort of way, and it's uh, January 22nd, 2023. It will also be Sting's first time wrestling for Pro Wrestling Noah over in Japan. So there, he's going to wrestle. It's just nobody knows if it's a tag team match, if it's a singles match. We just know that the great Muda is retiring and Sting is going to be part of it. Which Muda's had a freaking legendary career. Whether, you know, from New Japan, uh, the working relationship with them in WCW over the years, where fans like myself got experience, you know, got their first eyes on the great Muda. And just the way that he moved was different. His, you know, his whole logic and move set, you know, always did the face paint. Uh, obviously, like the Undertaker, was able to keep his character evolving through the years. So obviously, he stopped with the face paint and switched to a mask. And, and you know, it was more darker. And, and let's not forget. The Great Muda was part of the NWO, the hands down the greatest wrestling faction of all time. You will not tell me otherwise. I think Judgment Day is pretty good. I was going to say Judgment Day is up there. Yeah, they're up there with uh, Danhausen and uh, Best Friends. Okay. At least he talked shit about Danhausen. 
<laughs> yes, there. boy. There. Now yeah. we're back in the best conversation. So uh, no, it's great. It's it's pretty uh, not ironic, but symbolic. I think is what I'm looking for. That Sting's going to be involved in Muda's last match because obviously those two are synonymous with each other. Lee and I were talking about this last night, and we were saying it's crazy that Muda has been able to wrestle for so long. And Lee looked at me and he goes, well, man, like he's not too far in age from sting. And I was like, yeah, but he like also seems like he's just looked a little better in the ring over the years. And we made a point that a lot of that definitely had to do with Muda um, kind of toning down his, his in ring um, move set over the years while still maintaining the best parts of his move set that made him him. And I said, yeah, he was, he was playing it safe for like a lot of the second half of his career. So he'd have longevity. Meanwhile, Sting is just jumping off of everything in AEW right now. Sting fucking toned up once he got to fucking 60 or whatever. Sting yeah, is AEW's Shane McMahon. He just jumps off of stuff. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, speaking of Paige, you know, going back to her, she's already addressed dirt sheets as, uh, who the hell knows who reported it first because any dirt sheet you look at it's first reported by first reported by first reported by and they're all just finding you know whoever the first link is doing the best on this uh seo search and just clicking it and then going oh first reported by so oh first reported by there there's the rumor that page is not medically cleared so, as we talked about her and Danhausen with the tweets, is we're going to have Nighthausen here pretty soon. She addressed the dirt sheets of the fact that, and I quote, not medically cleared with watch AEW Dynamite next week. Giving us the hint that she's going to be physical in the ring. Guys, what do you think? Do you think she's medically cleared? Because we've seen where in the past people aren't medically cleared but can still do something in the ring. They might not necessarily be able to take a bump, but they might be able to throw a punch, push, things to that nature. So my thought process is I feel like we have to look at this a little differently because it's it's been shown over the years that WWE's uh, sense of clearing people and their doctors, the WWE doctors' sense of clearing people, uh, differs from most of the rest of the pro wrestling world because they they go completely top notch and they'll like have every single test done on you. And if one small little thing is wrong, they'll basically say they don't want to take the chance. Where a lot of other companies, they're not necessarily neglecting their stars, but they, I feel like they go to multiple doctors with other companies and they get multiple opinions. And if the majority believe that someone can wrestle, then they allow them to, because let's take a couple examples into consideration. And I know this is going to be a little slightly long, but I'll try and get through it quickly. Yeah. Brian Danielson recently during the anarchy in the arena match had another concussion. I think we all know very well um, because this one was said to be a pretty bad concussion. If it had been WWE, they probably wouldn't have let him wrestle ever again, especially after his past retirement. Sting 
was put on the do not touch list on WWE after his injury to Seth Rollins. And basically WWE essentially forced him into retirement. Another person that they would not clear. Sting has already wrestled in in, uh, AEW multiple times. We know that he doesn't do as much as he used to, but he does a lot of high risk stuff. Brian Danielson, after this most recent concussion, was able to get cleared again and was able to wrestle again. So I think if they go about the avenue the correct way and they get a decent amount of opinions from a decent amount of doctors and they all say that Soraya Knight can wrestle, then I think we absolutely will see her wrestle. Do I think she's medically cleared right now? I think she might be, and we're just keeping it a secret. Yeah, you know, I feel like if she wasn't medically cleared, I don't think she would have addressed anything like this, especially on a platform like social media. Mm -hmm. Here's another thing. Even if she is medically cleared right now, which I'm not saying she is, I'm not saying she isn't. One thing you do have to find interesting is we haven't seen anything of Paige training. You know, we haven't seen any videos, haven't seen any photos of her, you know, at, in a ring at all, like outside of WB. The closest thing she's taken to a bump since her retirement is if you guys remember a few years ago on raw, when she was managing the Kabuki warriors and they had just won the tag titles, Oscar sprayed her in the face with mist, but that was it. Like she didn't fall down. She didn't do anything. She just got out of the ring after that. Well, do you, do you mind if I rebuttal that with another? Yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Edge returned in 2020. Aside from his regular workouts that were just gym workouts and biking workouts on the Celtic Warrior sessions, we didn't see anything from him in a ring either. With the small exception of him spearing Elias at SummerSlam. But if you go back even before that moment too, we didn't see anything of him training in the ring either. So it, I, it, I think it all depends on the person too. Because I think if they're creative enough and they want to make their return from a retirement a complete surprise it's possible they could go to the absolute lengths to make sure that that doesn't happen and people don't see anything. I mean, it it is, it is possible to keep kayfabe alive in wrestling still to this day. Triple H showed it with the return of Johnny Gargano. Nobody saw that coming. Right. Absolutely. And even like when undertaker was prepping to get back in the ring for WrestleMania, when he was still competing, WB sent him a fucking ring to his house to put in Mm -hmm. like the shed that he has on his property. You know, I'm not saying, Paige could have a fucking ring in her backyard for all I know. I have no clue. Right. And I'm glad, you know, if if she is medically cleared, she's good to go. She's confident that she can do this. You know, I'm happy for her because to have you, for somebody to tell you at 24 years old that like your fucking career is done. Everything you've worked for in the past 10 years or so in your life, like it's done. You can't do it anymore. That fucking sucks, man. I'd be I'm, devastated. I'm 24 right now, and I can't imagine if that were to fucking happen to me, you know? It sucks. And let her write her fucking ending to her story. Guys like Edge, guys like Christian, Daniel, Brian Danielson, you know? Everyone's getting the chance to fucking, you know, go out the way they want to. And I hope she has that opportunity as well. I mean, I'd even throw Roman Reigns in that storyline, too, because... For all we know, he didn't know if he was coming back from the leukemia thing either. And if this is the very end, like we've we've known that Roman Reigns is supposed to retire earlier on, the Tribal Chief stuff is one hell of a way to go out. So I'd love to see Soraya get that same opportunity. And plus, I think she's the absolute injection that the AEW women's division needs 
we've talked before how the, the women's division is in a lot better place than it was when they first started AEW, but there's still something missing. And I think that something missing is a mainstream star in the women's division, which Soraya Knight brings that. You know who uh, I'd like to see be able to write their own ending to their story? Who's that, Lee? Owen Hart. Yeah, I don't think that's not going to happen. No, we can dream. Yeah, I'm a little bitter. Yeah, but at the same time, he's still getting his moment, even though he's no longer with us. He's getting his moment to be in the video game, like a modern day video game. He's getting the Owen Hart Cup tournament. So at least if we can't have him physically with us, he's finally, I feel like, getting these um, things that were well-deserved to him, but they are now in memory of him. He was last in a video game in 2004, an actual licensed Owen Hart. And it was uh, Legends of Wrestling uh, 2. Such an awful game. You know, they, yeah, they were bad, but I loved playing them because there were so many legends and everything to that game. It was just, it, it like, and then like modern people like Rob Van Dam and Sabu and stuff like that, that it was, it was just a lot of fun. I agree. Um, Even if the AEW game is hot garbage, I will still get it just to be able to play his own heart. Yeah. Same. Like I'm definitely buying it. Uh, I, I mean, I generally buy every wrestling game. I mean, I suffered through WWE 2K20. It we honestly, all did. It we honestly, all. it honestly can't get much worse than that. Let, let's be serious. It, it, it doesn't, it does not get much more worse than that. We survived so, through 2K20 and 2K15, both yeah. the worst you know, games in the 2K series. Let's yeah. not forget 2K15 and that fucking garbage. <laughs> All right. Well, and you, and you know, speaking of WWE 2K, you can go to Community Creations and look up the real Ice Fire. How do I cut his fucking mic? You can and find. No, uh, no one downloaded on the shit. top rope arena and a perched on the top rope ring made by Alex. It is phenomenal. Or no, that is on your name, correct? Yes. Yeah, so uh my name is A-N-T-O-D-D-0825-93. Um on there you can find the perched on the top rope arena and the perched on the top rope underground championship. The tags for that are uh perch. Perched on the top rope and PTR. And then on the Real Ice Fires gamer tag, you can go and look up the tags of Justin, Justin Housen, and perched on the top rope. And you can find you can find our created version of Justin over here as Justin Housen. I'm gonna go report that to fucking community creations by the time. That's that's fine. We both have it downloaded on our on our games. We can just re-upload it. And others have already downloaded it as well. So for those people we thank it. you for, for downloading Justin Housen, uh, you will also see me in a Judgment Day-like ring attire. Lee will be joining the Judgment Day. And we will see Alex Todd, the adorable one. Hmm. He'll be, uh, he'll be hmm. the new member of Pretty Deadly. Mm. Oh, more like pretty yes, adorable. Boy. What about pretty adorable? 
that'll be the name. Pretty adorable. I hate how fucking catchy that is too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you you just kickstarted my career, brother. Fuck. Ooh, that was a good pun because of the kickstart you can get for the the two K game too. Man, I am I am so good at what I do. We will have both of those attires coming to you guys within the next week. And it will be up on our Facebook. All three of ours. Any, I, we will have you guys vote for who is the best. And whoever the best one is will end up on that following week's Perched Gaming episode competing in the King of the Ring tournament. Now vote for me just so I can win, a, win the King of the Ring. Thank you. No, no. Because you know why? It's all about, it's me, it's me! It's the L-double-E. Vote for me. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. Dustin, you can't be too mad. I gave you Kane's uh, moveset. You chokeslam and tombstone people. Yeah. I always knew you liked 69, pervert. Nah, I'm more of a choking guy. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God, guys. (laughs) We like to have fun here on Perched on the Top Rope. Oh, shit. Well, you know, <laughs> speaking of choking, and not in Fifty Shades over here with uh, the Perch correspondent, NXT has a new rule, guys. That was a solid segue. I know, right? Thank you. So there's a new rule uh, in for, for NXT. Uh, you're given X amount of time uh, to be TV ready. And I, I don't know the whole, all the rules to it or whatnot, but uh, if you're not TV ready within that time, I believe it's bye, bye, bye. Is, yeah. is that, is that right? That's what it sounds like. Wow, man. People like Tyler Breeze and Aaliyah got really lucky. Angelo Dawkins too. He was in developmental for like seven years. Yeah, because well, he just talked that uh, he just made have he just had his ten year anniversary in WWE, and I'm like, wait a second, you haven't been on the main roster yeah. that long. I was gonna say they've been on the main roster for what, like three years, 2019, I think. Yeah, 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 because they were only in NXT as a tag team for like a year before they got moved up to the main roster. So yeah, you're talking if you count developmental and NXT time for him, you're you're talking like you're right, seven years. That dude, that dude was hands down an Elias drifter for a long time. And, and that man has Montez Ford and whoever's idea it was to put them together. He should be bowing at them daily. Angelo Dawkins owes somebody a house. Yeah. Well, and I, I think he also owes Montez Ford a lot too, because you can tell just from his time with Montez Ford that it's upped his game as well, because we've seen matches and moments with Angelo Dawkins where he can survive on his own now. Seven years ago, five years ago, I wouldn't have said that. If this was the early 90s and Shawn Michaels, I know how he'd be paying people back. Oh, no. What if kids listen to this? This is a very sexual show today. Jesus Christ. <laughs> For any parents that are listening to this show with your kids, this is your disclaimer. The show is not rated E for everybody because it's rated Lee for everybody. 50 shades shades of perched in here. So I guess I'm going to use 
right to censors theme music for the uh, show opener tonight then, right? <laughs> Probably a good idea at this point. Fuck. <laughs> Stevie Richards, uh, where you at? Right? Where is he? Where's Ivory and the good father and, and uh, Bo Buchanan? Whatever happened to that guy? Uh, he ended up being John Cena's sidekick and then uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, his right. son's in NXT. What? You didn't know that? No, I didn't. Explain. Brooks Jensen. Wait, Brooks is Bull's he's, son? He's Bull Buchanan's son, yeah. What? How did I not know that? Because <laughs> I think he's fucking lying. No, I'm dead serious. Look it up. All right, we're going to look this up real quick. Momentary pause, everybody. Hold on a second. I, I swear to God, that's Bull Buchanan's son. One that, moment. You got too big of a shit grin on your face for me to believe that. I'm dead serious right now. I, I mean, he's Lee, he's telling the truth. Oh, wow. Huh. So, uh, so what you're telling me is that his son has already had more WWE success than he ever did. I mean, both of them have had tag titles, so they're, they're even right now. Well, that's fair. I so, forgot that Bull was tag team champion. So then the next time we play Jeopardy on Twitch, I'm 100% not answering a single thing in the NXT. <laughs> we got to use that question on the other guys because they'll never know that one. Yeah, that was like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. In my eyes, there was some misleading because, like, he had quite the shit grin on his face. Was like, yeah, he's being sarcastic. He just no. likes to smile. He's a happy boy. Yeah, like, smile. I, not like that. Smile. I should be happy to be here. Yeah, I mean, it was just. I thought it was misleading. You just that big and you're laughing during it. And I'm thinking, wait, no, no, this can't be real. Pretty rude of you to be misleading. This is like when Alex left uh, fucking Rick Steiner a voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) This is is the Rick Steiner, Alex Todd voicemail incident all over again. He never called me back. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, because it probably would have been accompanied by a call from the police. Yeah, you don't want Alex at your door. Alex is going to come to a meet and greet, and uh, Rick Steiner is going to be there, and Rick's going to hear that voice and just grab Alex by the throat and be like, I remember that voice. I'm going to get put in a fucking Steiner recliner. And of course, Scott will, <laughs> Scott will be there too, and I'll go up to Alex and go, You've got a 144 two per chance of living after this. And if you want to listen to our Perch Jeopardy episode, you know that I'll just do the same thing back because I'm also just as good as that at him. And I'll just be like, hey, brother, your math's totally off. You got 33 and a 3% chance. And Samoa, no, Samoa Joe knows he can't beat me. He is pretty good. I will I will admit that. He might be a long-lost Steiner. He looks like Braun Breaker. He, he does the Steiner math perfectly. He might be part, part Steiner. Hmm. Never thought of that. Damn, yeah, you got some splaining to do. Yeah, you, you know what? You might want to uh, ask Uncle Booker October 22nd. I'm just, my family's born into wrestling loyalty. Uncle Booker, JBL's my dad. One of the Steiners might be my mom. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what happened here. <laughs> we went down a rabbit hole. And speaking of rabbit holes, Lee. Hey. 
Justin, uh, we've seen videos. Alex, we've seen these videos. WWE is playing uh, White Rabbit. They've been teasing little uh, stuff on their social media. The last one was, uh, I believe, for, for Monday on Raw. We had seen on SmackDown, they had, they had, they had said like 923 in a post. And it was, uh, and there was like coordinates and it was like to where WWE was that day. And that I believe at that time, 923 was a joke for us at home because it was a commercial break, but for everyone in the audience, they were playing the song and everyone had their phone outs with the flashlights. And then it went red. This isn't the first time, Justin, that that and guys that this has happened. We've seen this a few times uh, with the audience posting about this on Twitter, uh, the videos and stuff, and then it it runs rampant all over social media. Well, and if you would also watch the video and listen to the live crowd, the live crowd decided to add their own little touch at the end by singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. Yeah. I didn't even hear that part. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, granted, that was the crowd doing it. So, I mean, it doesn't yeah. necessarily prove anything. But Lee and I were also saying last night that if this is Bray Wyatt and the crowd has been, it keeps doing this along, it's going to create even more of like this natural, authentic scene when and if Bray Wyatt inevitably makes his return. This is yeah. going to be magic. I mean, there's been a lot of buzz around this. And we know that Wyatt was one that once Hunter got in with someone, he was going to want to come back and have come back. We also know that at one point, Karrion Cross as Killer Cross had done a white rabbit fucking gimmick type ordeal but i say it can't be him and the only reasons why i say it can't be him is he's literally got his own thing going right now they're not already going to change them this isn't carrying cross during vince mcmahon era of wwe uh where we saw him on the main roster have three character changes and then just released that and carrying cross has already gone on twitter and stated that these vignettes have nothing to do with him yeah, I mean I the whole Lucha Underground White Rabbit gimmick with Carrying Cross. I think I think that's just a stretch that people are looking at too much. Yeah, well, you, you know, know, wrestling fans they go cryptic with everything. I mean, we we've been you know guilty of doing it ourselves at times. Yeah, but it's not like this iconic gimmick or anything that he did on the end. No, it was something he did at the beginning of his career when he was in Lucha Underground. It's like it was it was cool. It was a good start off point for him. But the character he's got going right now is miles above and behead ahead of that. And like Lee said, he's already got his program. He's literally was on SmackDown last night. There's they're not going to make vignettes for somebody who's currently actively doing something and has a major storyline going. Yep. Yeah. And the one thing that I, I saw in Justin, you had seen and I, Alex, we'd put it in the, the group. The only way I could see like anything like that was if you do this and you guys saw the photo. Mm-hmm. Karrion Cross is the rabbit, but it's all of Bray's Firefly Funhouse characters coming to life. Right. So, you know, you have Karrion with the rabbit, uh, Braun 
with the pig. Uh, what the other ones were? Uh, Sister Abigail. Yep. With, with Sister Abigail, and then um, Dexter Loomis as Waylon Mercy. Yeah. What was the uh, the buzzard or whatever the heck it was? Yeah, Wayland. Yeah, and then you have Bray, but his thing is the fiend, and he's like the the leader. And now uh, the big thing here was, well, Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss should be Sister Abigail. No, absolutely. No, she's she. Yeah, she's empowered by Lily, and you get her back with Bray, and they lead the group. And this group takes over, decimates Raw, decimates SmackDown, and it's dark days for WWE ahead. I think that was. I thought that was a really cool theory. I don't see that happening. Everyone, you know, that's already back in WWE. Braun's got his own thing going. Dexter has his own thing. Karrion's got his own thing. Alexa's kind of floating, but that's another story in itself. I mean, that's a stretch for down the line. But first, we need to know what's going on here. And is it Bray returning? It's widely speculated. It's got to be. It has to be. It has to be. It has to be. My other thing, too, is I don't 100% thinking I don't think we're 100% getting the fiend returning the way that we knew him before he left, because some of these clues at the same time, like the the QR codes that they've been doing that have sent you to the links on WWE.com's website where you play games. Basically, like there was the the video of the the hangman game. There was the game where you go through the maze and you get to the end. And at the end, there was that quote. I don't remember what it said, but the quote itself was actually a quote from one of Bray Wyatt's original FCW slash NXT uh, <clears throat> promos as his original Bray Wyatt character. I think we're going to get some sort of hybrid version of Bray and the Fiend where it's just going to be, I, I have a feeling we're in for something special. Yeah, you know, I think this this just has Bray Wyatt written all over it. I don't think we're going to get the Fiend and the Funhouse and everything. I, I see more of what you're looking at, Alex, and we get more of a hybrid between Bray Wyatt and the Fiend, you know, something like that. Yeah, because I don't think the original Bray Wyatt character is returning either. No, and, you know, I will... I want to give baby credit because they are really putting an effort into this. You know, last night at SmackDown after the show, fans came back to their cars and they saw the graphic with the Jeep, the uh, Latin long coordinates mm-hmm. with the rabbit logo that's pointing to Rogers place where raw is going to be on Monday. You know, it's very interesting because it looks, it's like a lot of the build in this story and this angle have been, you really have to pay attention or else you're going to miss it. Yeah, I think the last time we saw WWE do something like this with a returning star was when they did the Save Us Y2J stuff back in 2007 when they had like the blips and the glitches and then it eventually led to Chris Jericho returning. You see, there was one after that. It was still Chris Jericho, but do you remember the when Jericho Repeat. came back January 2nd, 2012? I was going to bring that up next. In the last few weeks in 2011 with the the kid in school, and then there's the girl who knocks over his notebook. You know, you really have to pay attention to the small details and everything. And that was, you know, they didn't play those promos on Raw. They flashed, a, you know, the title of the video on the screen, and then you had to go to YouTube and search it up to find it. Yep. It was never played up until like the last one or two weeks before Jericho came back. Or with his first return, they never even did any videos. It was just like the 
blue matrix style it was like the show would glitch every now and then and you'd see a flash of it and then every now and then the flash would get a little larger but it would have a different code and then eventually they did the the code breaking which led to him using the code breaker as the finisher as well so like they they had the capability of doing this they they did similar things when they had the the double return with triple h and the undertaker in 2011 when they caught everybody off guard with Triple H's return, when we all knew it was just supposed to be The Undertaker for all we knew at first. Right. So they have the capability of doing this. We just haven't seen something like this in a long time. And it's it gives me chills because like this is the cool shit that I missed watching in like the Ruthless Aggression era, man. And I like the idea of the QR codes. They, they recently did actually an NXT with Zoe Stark's return. But it looks like the QR code has been called up to the main roster, and now it's being used for this. QR code is hashtag WWE. <laughs> but, you know, I do like how it's just, it's very subtly placed in the background. Like, you do have to pay attention or you're going to miss this. Like, the first one we saw with Theory backstage was just hanging up on the wall. Uh, during the Brawling Brutes and Street Profits match on Raw, we saw literally just somebody hold up a sign in the crowd with the QR code. And this past Friday on SmackDown, we saw Hit Row had a segment backstage. They were having some kind of celebration. And they had the TVs in the background. The QR code just flashed on the TV. Like, I didn't even notice it at first. I had to go back and look afterwards, but it was there. So it's like you really have to pay attention to the show to see these QR codes when they pop up. And if you miss it, thank God we have the wrestling internet, the the IWC, because if we miss it, they make sure that we don't. I know. And, uh, you know, can you imagine if we didn't know any of the shit was going on right now? If we didn't know. We're like, oh, shit, Bray's back. I definitely didn't see that coming. Right. And it's crazy that all this is being built through QR codes and music playing during a fucking commercial break that only people in the building see. You know, you know, they're as it gets closer, though, they're going to eventually start not making it obvious, but they're going to start giving more clues the closer we get and more of a they're going to give more of a reason for people on that are just watching from television to kind of have an idea and start thinking about what's going on. Yeah. And just one more thing I want to say, thank God this white rabbit gimmick is not going to be around when Vince McMahon is in charge, because I can already fucking see him dressing up Bray Wyatt in bunny ears, eating a carrot with a backstage segment with Michael P.S. Hayes and going, what's up, Doc? Make him into goddamn Big Chungus. Yep. Be very quiet. I'm hunting wabbits. Big Chungus to the main roster. Listen, um, so as far as the music, uh, Stephanie, Nick, and Hunter took one thing from Vince don't pay royalties they're avoiding by avoiding paying the royalties because apparently playing that song is quite expensive to play on television so they uh don't and that's why we're getting it uh for them during commercial breaks when we're all like so what what's happening and then we have to wait till twitter which is fine that you know that's I, I really honestly think that should be a perk for when you spend the money to go to the show. You mm-hmm. should be able to take something like that away that people on TV don't get. I think it's neat. Uh, 
but still it's it's it it's not for that reason it's just because of money at the end of the day but yeah i, I if vince had his hand on this this would be bray would be walking bo dallas out on a, a fucking leash and bo would be hopping he'd be naked midian 2.0 with bunny ears. I still think it would be cool to eventually see with Bray returning if we ever did get a return of Bo Dallas, but as a more serious character along with Bray. I think Bo Dallas is done with the wrestling business in all honesty. They do too. I just think that one go that one should be filed probably under opportunities missed. And he did great in NXT. It's just he it just didn't cross over to the main roster, but we have seen that a lot. He's not the only one, which is unfortunate because we've seen a lot of good talent get called up and, and get that treatment. This feels like a 2021 show all over again. You know, I think that there's there's more unsuccessful NXT NXT call-ups than there are successful NXT call-ups. Oh, absolutely there is. No doubt. You know, which is again sad, but that's also part of those who are watching the main roster of Raw and SmackDown, not knowing what's going on on NXT, not watching because you can see the difference in the ratings. Raw and SmackDown are hitting one nines, two, two one million. NXT is what six hundred thousand. I think we're slowly starting to see that the NXT call-up thing change, though, because one thing that I didn't really think about or put into effect is when they did the Clash at the Castle show recently and Triple H did the interview with, uh, what's his name, Ariel Helwani, Triple H made a good point that if you really think about it and you look at the roster now, like almost 100% of the roster on Raw or SmackDown are people that came through NXT. Right. We've we've gotten to a point where most of the old regime is phased out, and we now live in a WWE roster that is almost almost fully built on NXT. Yeah, but I mean, there's also that's also not to argue the fact that there was a lot of good talent and a lot of good characters, and and there was a lot of potential for top stars that didn't make it because Vince McMahon couldn't book a card out of his own ass. Yeah. I mean, and then there's Bobby Fish. Boy. <laughs> Boys, let me ask you something. Hit me, Daddy. Okay. So, say the three of us, a well known trio's podcast group. We all join a network. Things don't work out with this because uh, we know call-ups are coming and uh, the plans that they have for us are not, not good. So basically we let contracts go and get released and we go join another place. Now... 
everybody's deal is different. And we'll say, uh, we'll say me. I'm Bobby Fish. You guys can be Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. You can. Find I'm clearly the Adam Cole of the group. Oh, fuck you, bro. I'm Adam Cole. So, obviously, my deal is much shorter than than y'all's. Vince is gone. I go and do a podcast and Triple H this, Triple H that. Now, at this point, I'm not helping myself. Let's be real. So now I'm not on TV. But I mean, also, I think realistically, we haven't seen much of Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole either, if I'm not mistaken, really. We haven't seen much of them. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly recently just had surgery, actually. so He's going to be out for a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. I stick up for Hunter, yada, yada. Now you think this guy is going to, head back to WWE, you know, that he's one of the ones that are contacted by WWE, like the rumor of Malachi Black being one of them and FTR being, you know, one of them to be contact, you know, that were contacted in hopes of coming back to the E. Swerve Strickland was another one. Yeah. Swerve was another one. Uh, you can see why. Yep. I guess they overlooked Keith Lee. And they really overlooked Danhausen. That's a shame. No, that fuck. Man. Stop that. No, why? He's already in the WWE Hall of Fame. Stop. Well, he's not. Where is grow he? Up. Grow up. Grow up. Yep. He's already in the WWE Hall of Fame. He's in there the most, actually. He's in there three times. All right. Oh, is that possible? Because he's in there as Danhausen, Hookhausen, and best friends. Grow up. None of those gimmicks were in WWE. Yep. Uh, Dan hasn't created WWE. Some of the people in the WWE Hall of Fame were never in WWE. So Okay, well, you know what? We got you there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is why nobody takes us seriously. Uh, No, it's cool. It's fine. Just Oh, I meant because Justin's uneducated on who's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Justin is terrible. You know, when we asked you to like fill a spot, we thought that like you knew your your professional wrestling history. Yeah, you're supposed to be a wrestling encyclopedia, my friend. Listen, yeah, I, Doink the Clown is going to go in the WWE Hall of Fame before Dan Howes never touches a Hall of Fame. Doink's already in the AEW Hall of Fame. Yeah, How is that possible? How did you not know about this, Justin? There is no AEW Hall of I, Fame. I think Justin, we're we've been. Justin, I think we're going to have to release you from your contract. Oh, fuck you. First off, Justin, we were at AEW just a few weeks ago, you and I, when AEW That's not the AEW Hall of Fame. We saw Mark Henry with the guy. Like, Stop. Stop We saw a bunch of the other wrestlers interacting, you know, there taking photos. That is not the AEW. You asked me if I wanted to go in. It's in the same fucking building AEW happened in. Yeah. Did did you not know this? Like, you live there. Holy shit. I'm going to walk off. I can't do this shit. <laughs> like, what were you doing? Like, we joked about it. Is there a point to this? 
No, mean... not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not really. Fuck Dan Housen. Move on. <laughs> That's fair. All right. All right. So I don't even remember what the hell we were even talking about. Way to go. You just ruined the show. We were, talking, we were talking about Bobby Fish and, you know, the oh, networks. God. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, my God. That uh, poor Bobby Fish, right? So he shows up on Impact of all places, right? And j- did you guys listen to his promo or whatever that was you want to call it that he cut? Lee, I literally played it while sitting right next to you. Yes, this is true. I have not gotten to go back and watch it because uh, TNA or uh, excuse me, Impact likes to have their pay per views during SmackDown now. Yeah, I noticed that, but uh, I I would have to say this was this was his, I guess, biggest moment. He's probably going to have as a singles guy. I'd say that's a fair statement, and I would be interested. I'd I'd want to know if. And what the relationship he has now with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Because it is rumored he tried to get them to quit AEW. So I'm a little curious. Like, what's what's their friendship like now? I feel like the friendship hasn't really changed too much because Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have always been, like, best friends. I have a feeling it's just a case of someone going to work for a different company. You know what I find interesting? What? It appears that Bobby Fish and Cole and O'Reilly were a package deal to go back to WB. Yeah. Oh, clearly. Yeah. And sounds like uh, that wasn't happening. And he was just like, oh, crap. Now what? Right. Shit happens. It is what it is. But, you know, undisputed era. Now we welcome in a new era. And of course, I'm referring to uh, Survivor Series, Triple H dropping a bombshell on us that we are not going to have a traditional Survivor Series of uh, Raw versus SmackDown that we normally get instead we are going to get a storyline based matches for the men and the women of the wwe roster in war games war games yeah who's gonna yell that all the time now that william regal doesn't work for the company anymore can we like replay william regal's voice leading into this pay-per-view or something i mean i think (laughs) I don't know because he probably owns like the rights to his name and likeness. I would assume to be able to go by William Regal everywhere he is. Yeah, shit. I don't want yeah. Michael Cole yelling it. We gotta find somebody who can yell it. I would say do Shawn Michaels since he's like the new NXT general manager, but we don't know Shawn Michaels' voice will crack halfway through yelling. Pat McAfee would have been good. Yeah, yeah. fuck you, NFL. college football whatever the hell you went to fuck the espn now i'm sounding like the iron sheik where's brett azar when you need fuck the espn they're all a bunch of jabronis brother 
Yes, Baba. No jabroni. A to the Z. Whatever the hell he says. So, uh, dude, War Games. I like the concept. You know, over the years, we've seen Survivor Series evolve. It went from uh, five on five, no storylines, just good guys versus bad guys. Uh, here it is. Elimination style. As time went on, you know, we get through the golden age of wrestling, uh, the attitude era. We start to see a little more storyline driven uh, Survivor Series matches. We get into uh, the ruthless aggression era and, and so on and so forth. And now we start to see that the Survivor Series match, the tradition of it just being randomness to now it has storylines uh, to now it is just a Raw versus SmackDown because we bring in the draft and we have different, uh, different rosters for Raw and SmackDown. And then we go beyond that. As Alex made made us every aware, Survivor Series was also the birth of the Elimination Chamber. Again, that is a Survivor-esque-like match because two men start, four in a pod, last guy comes out, Elimination style. And now we see this new adaptation to Survivor Series with war games, which fitting, if you will. Um, as a big fan of this, I would have personally loved to have seen uh, World War Three, But I mean, given with what's going on right now, you'd have to change the name. Right. But three rings, 60 men would be amazing to, to watch in WWE, to be honest with you. I also uh, think it's a case where Davey doesn't want to give up that many tickets that could be put out to put free, free rings in the middle of the arena. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a huge factor in it in its own right. Uh, that would be something you stadium up for. Yeah. And not, and not have, and not have a super long entrance where you gotta, you gotta use golf carts to get people down the entrance. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Shorten that entrance up a little bit. That Get that's how you got more. There's your more seeds. <laughs> no, but uh the adaptation. I really like it. Uh I do have like thoughts and concerns though, because will the rest of the matches be champion from this to that? Obviously, you can't really do that with Roman Reigns, and you can't really do it with the tag titles uh, because they're they're owned by the, the same. So like they're not going to have them wrestle people from the same brands. You don't want to see Roman Reigns versus Roman Reigns. Yeah, right. So you can see why that it's going to be storyline driven this year for for the war games. But then I guess the rest of the matches are just going to be normal storyline driven matches. Is is what I'm guessing is what we're gonna get. I mean, yeah, you would have to. I would imagine. I would like to hope we'd still get a traditional Survivor Series match, at least one in there, because I, I know we're having two war games. 
and you know i feel like we should definitely stick to the traditional survivor series matches too but you, you gotta know like one of these actually both of them in this case because i could see obviously you know the bloodline is going to be one of the teams in the men's war games whether it's all four of them all five of them we'll see what happens with Sami Zayn, and if he's still a part of the bloodline come survivor series I would imagine for the women's, you'll see damage control, EO, Dakota, and Bailey, and another female, which, you know, take your pick on who that's going to be. Gigi Dolan. Right. And then maybe for the face side, Asuka, Alexa, Bianca, and Becky making her return. Okay. Wow. He laid it on the table, ladies and gentlemen. That just came off the top of the head, let me tell you. But I also agree with them. Yep. And I'm usually the one to like want to be like, no, nah, I can't agree with the majority on this. You don't have a lot of women factions in WWE. I, I actually come to think of it, you have one. Them. That's it. Bailey, EO, and Dakota. If they do five, the only thing I could see would be Shayna and Rhonda joining them. That could work, yep. But then who the hell are they taking on? If it's going to be storyline driven, are you doing a throw together team of Raw and SmackDown? Because Dakota and Io are the, the, the women's tag team champions and they're on both shows. And, and realistically, do, do they have enough from one show to, to field a war games and, and be able to do other stuff? It's Papa H. I'm sure he'll find a way. Well, I think either way, both women's champions are going to end up in that match. So it's a very well, very good possibility that that's the, the main women's match at Survivor Series, the only match. Yeah, I mean, because I, I would assume that these are going to be fairly long matches in their own right. You know what I mean? Yep. But yeah, the men's, yeah, it's 100% bloodline. Again, like you said, depending on... If they go with five, Sammy is, is 100% there. Yep. If, if they don't, Sammy's on the other team. 100%. That's, that's how I see it. But uh, another thing I noticed with Survivor Series is the fact that Triple H has been part of every adaptation of Survivor Series since the original style Survivor Series match. This will be the first I guess like new generation of, of Survivor Series matches. New adaptation, yeah. Yeah, that he will not be taken part of. And as a fan who's like, you know, who watched him come in in 96 and, and, and had watched Survivor Series since the early 90s. And has also actually, done nothing but talk trash about how he was never a Triple H fan. And I'm not. But it's kind of like surreal to think about, though. Yeah, it really is. You know, when you think about that, um, I mean, there's 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 others, but 
they've all retired and triple h was basically just kind of you know he was forced to retire right you know but when you sit back and think about it if not forced to and could have participated in this in some sort of way you know he would have absolutely for sure you know but it was just like kind of weird to think about i was like yo the man who announced this has literally been part of every form of survivor series match and look here's another thing you know we talked about the elimination chamber earlier and 20 years ago now which is even crazier to think about but the reason the elimination chamber was created was because triple h went to vince and said hey why don't we do war games at survivor series in madison square garden and then vince went well we didn't create it so here's the elimination chamber you know they they had the rights to use war games at that time they had just purchased wcw a year beforehand yeah it would have been awesome well, on the bright side, at, at the same time, at least now we have gotten both types of these matches in WWE. And the other thing that I was thinking of was that with Triple H at the helm now and with War Games coming up to the main roster, what do you guys think the chances are that we eventually get War Games in the 2K franchise? That all oh, depends on the system, you know? That, that depends on how 2K can pull it off. I'm saying if they can make it work, though, and it works flawlessly, dude, give take all of my money yeah absolutely hey let's also get them to fix the elimination chamber so you can do moves like outside of the ring oh no that was the hell in a cell match that you couldn't do it outside of the ring ollie couldn't break the wall no it's no, like, I mean, it, like the, in being the... outside like the ring between the cage and the ring oh yeah because they did yeah yeah and the hell in a cell match the, the last like, cell match the yeah, last like two years since 2K20, you can basically just walk around the ring inside the cell, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. But fix that too, but also give us war games. Yeah. Come on. For real. And obviously, you guys know I will be at the TD Garden in Boston for war games, for Survivor Series. Shocker. Monday morning, you have no idea the smile on my face when I woke up and saw there was a notification from Ticketmaster saying that my head, my event had been changed from WB Survivor Series to Survivor Series War Games. Bro. Well, yeah, Justin, <laughs> while you're at it, why don't you tell us where else you're going to be? Sure, why not? Let me just uh, pull up my list quick. So, obviously, me and Lee will be at Impact Wrestling, Bound for Glory, October 7th in Albany, New York, as well as the tapings that follow the night after. Two nights later, I will be in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center for Monday Night Raw. October 27th, I will be in Manhattan for New Japan Pro Wrestling the night before Rumble on 44th Street. November 9th, I'll be in Boston, Massachusetts for AEW Dynamite. And then the following week in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Later that weekend, I'll be at Full Gear in Newark, New Jersey at the Prudential Center. Two nights after that, I'll be in Albany, New York for Monday Night Raw. And then the following Saturday, as I just mentioned, Survivor Series in Boston at the TD Garden 
for war games. Tell me your job pays you well without telling me your job pays you well. <laughs> yeah. You want to look at my room next? <laughs> Not particularly. I'll cry. I got a new I got a new couch if anyone cares. <laughs> His room's huge. His, all right, Alex. So like his room is huge, and then picture like the amount of action figures I have, but it's like in one one room basically. That sounds so cool. So he lives he has a whole story of a house. That's his room. A whole fucking story of a house. Oh damn. Yeah. Man's like living the high life literally on the third floor. Cause he's moving on up. I'm like the final boss. To to the east side. Yeah. Lucky bastard. <laughs> anyway. Uh, make sure you check out Justin's vlog, youtube.com slash injustin we trust. Because uh, you'll be seeing a lot of those vlogs of him at those events. And you can catch him here on Perched on the Top Rope talking about those events. And some of those events, I will be with him, uh, obviously, Bound for Glory and Impact uh, TV tapings. I didn't get tickets with you for Mania, or not for Mania, I did I did do that. Um, for Raw, though, right? No. Albany, I did not. I, I didn't think so. No. Um, that is fine. I might, might get tickets for that. Ooh, we might get a Lee cameo. It's always yeah. Good. Anyway, fans, you can listen to the podcast anywhere and everywhere. Podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle. Anywhere podcasts are found, it is perched on the top rope. You can listen to us on YouTube and watch awesome interviews, funny stuff. It's youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can also catch Perched on the Top Shelf, a action figure collecting show there as well. Now, if you don't want to watch interviews and this and that on YouTube, because we have all sorts of media, uh, you can go to our Twitch channel where we will have wrestling video game stuff. We've played Jeopardy for the 100th episode of the podcast. It's twitch.tv slash Perched on the Top Rope. Where Justin annihilated the Smacked Raw crew. Guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I took second, so like we 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 cleaned house. Fucking sweep the floor. Sorry, not sorry. We know our wrestling history. Sorry, and Kai Tai. And you should too. Boom. Anyway. You can also go to our TikTok, which is uh Perched on the top rope, where you can watch Selena scenes, where I take the song from Titanic, My Heart Will Go On, and play it to the greatest wrestling moments in wrestling history. Not limited to, but also includes WrestleMania 32, where Zack Ryder wins the Intercontinental Championship, and you're not going to tell me it's one of the greatest wrestling moments in history, because it is. I think we need to make some more of those soon. Yes, yes. Uh, maybe tomorrow I can get a few out. <laughs> we also have, because if that doesn't tickle your fancy, this might. It didn't tickle Kevin Sullivan, but it gave a few thrusts. Ladies and gentlemen, you can watch former WCW 
and former WCW producer, the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, getting humped by a dog. That's right, you heard me correctly. Former WCW producer and wrestler, Kevin Sullivan, getting humped by a dog. That's TikToks perched on the top rope. Oh, man, I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope, where we post all sorts of wrestling related news. You can also find us on Instagram at perched on the top rope podcast, uh, where it is anything and everything that can be hilarious in wrestling meme related. We also post clips of the episodes, reels and everything. So go check that out. You can also find us on Twitter at perched top rope. And ladies and gentlemen, always remember spoilers free. Rewind. That's the rewind on that. Spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.